Welcome to A Hooker and a Shrink. My name is Colby Agustinelli, and I'm your shrink. My name is Sasha Blue, and I am your hooker. Please remember that this podcast is explicit, and we talk about some fucking sex. So don't listen if you're underage. We wanted to let you guys know that we have a Patreon now. So in addition to following us on social media, you can also find us on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash a hooker and a shrink. And if you're wondering what Patreon is, it's a website where you can support us financially with as little as $1. It's a monthly pledge, so we have different rewards for different tiers, so check it out, and we appreciate it. And this time, we are discussing sex in the media and Sosta and Festa. Yeah, so where do we begin? Big stuff. Well, I think we should start start by explaining what Sosta and Festa are. For people who might not know. Sosta and Festa were two acts passed by the government that hold websites responsible for the content that their users post. It was, oh, it's Fosta and Sesta, not... I was saying, I was like, I totally got it mixed up. It's Fosta and Sesta. (laughs) Oopsie. But they hold, the two laws hold websites accountable for the content that their users post with the supposed goal of stopping sex trafficking, but it doesn't really. It really just makes uh, sex trafficking more go more underground and legitimate sex workers like myself have more difficulty advertising our work. Since those two bills passed, there have been quite a few websites that have gone down like they're no longer working at all and a couple of them were pretty major advertising things for me also craigslist recently killed its personal section so even the section that had stuff about platonic visits or misconnections or anything like that that is all gone and it is directly because of sosta and uh fosta and sesta i keep getting that mixed up <laughs> Gals, they're hard yeah. Yeah. So this is making or causing hookers to go back to the street. Um, people are getting hurt in different ways. People are hurting themselves because it's fucking hard. Yeah. Um, there, there have been a number of sex workers who have said that directly because of this, they have become street workers again and that they weren't previously. And I personally can't really imagine that. I've never been a street worker, nor would I ever be. And that's fine for some people, but it it makes life really challenging. Yeah, it's a, that's a that's dangerous. It is, and and like I've said before, all the clients whom I see have to have references from other providers, and there's a reason these like checks are in place. It's for my safety, uh, right. and by taking these, by passing those bills and taking those and those websites coming down, it is directly against my personal safety, and unfortunately. They both passed with sweeping approval in Congress. Only two congressmen did not vote yes on those bills. That just goes to show how little people, especially the government, care or even consider sex workers as people and as work. Sex work is work. 
Well, yeah, but also, especially when a bill is being sold as this is an anti-sex trafficking bill. Yeah. As a politician, if you're coming up for re-election, you certainly don't want to be labeled as having voted against an anti-sex trafficking bill. Yeah, I'm not much of a conspiracy theorist, but it's, this is kind of making me into one. Like, it's really brilliant, like making it seem like just to, you know, prevent sex trafficking, because who doesn't want to prevent that? Right. Of course, we all want to prevent sex trafficking. But the reality is that this will not in any way prevent sex trafficking. It will just drive it further underground, make it harder to find the people who really are committing heinous sex trafficking acts, and make it more difficult for people like myself to earn an honest living. So you and I obviously know the differences between sex trafficking and sex work. Could you tell our listeners more about those differences? Sex work is qualified as strippers, escorts, uh, erotic massagers, uh, porn stars are sex workers. And sex trafficking is when you are taken against your will and sold into sexual slavery. So what you're saying, the difference is, is consent? What? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Consent. Yes, the difference is consent. You want to you do sex work? Whoa, that's crazy. Oh God. <laughs> have I mentioned that I love my job? I love my job. I have such a good fucking job. I love my job. Yes. But the FOSTA and SESTA are also having like really strange ripple effects in other places like like for example the craigslist thing that there's no longer a personal section of craigslist but also things like people's porn that they had stored on google drive some of it there are reports that that people's porn has disappeared it also makes me wonder a lot about what will happen to fetlife which is an online community of a lot of people frequently with hypersexual focus on one particular kink or one particular A kinky facebook yeah kinky facebook it's kinky facebook yeah so i i really am curious about how that will affect that because it's literally an online community of people who are there for sex or mm -hmm. sexual in nature relationships even the sharing of sexual content i wonder if that will be affected down the line, even if no actual exchange is happening as far as sex work of some sort. but Right. Well, I mean, I mean we can yeah. point to Google the Google Drive thing about people's porn disappearing, indicative that it will affect right. things like that. Yeah, that's fucking creepy. Not, it is. Not agree with that. And then coupled with, like, the overturning of net neutrality in addition to that. Oh, God, we're just being fucked in the ass so hard. With no lube. With no loop, right. Yeah. I've had clients who I haven't seen in ages come in in despair and crisis over this. Rightfully oh, really? so. Yeah. Um, especially when it first was announced. Not that it's less of a big deal now, but it's, it's just super scary. Uh, even when you don't see the effects personally, it's just, it's already scary enough for some people. Uh, even if they are consenting, like it's just still, you know, it's an interesting world. And I feel I feel awful because I can't I can't do much. I can't tell them it's going to be okay. I don't know if it's going to be okay. I can just hear them. I don't I don't know how it would be okay. I don't know mm. how they would get overturned. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I wanted to read this piece of a bustle article that what we already said, but just hearing it in an article makes it you know more valid. So the intent, the stated intent, was to stop 
sex trafficking online. The result, however, is a hastily written, sloppy law that experts say may actually increase trafficking and make it more difficult to prosecute traffickers. Interesting. And this is a bustle article that's actually about a politician in New York who stands with sex workers and is opposed to SESTA FOSTA. So there have been an interesting number of uh, celebrities who have been in favor of SESTA and FOSTA. Actually, oh, yeah. I have a kind of funny story about that. So do you know who Brene Brown is? Brene Brown? Are you kidding me? What the fuck is the story? Oh, my God. So she went to see Amy Schumer's new movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Feel Pretty or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So she went to see I Feel Pretty, and she posted a thing about it on her uh, Instagram about going to see I Feel Pretty with her daughter or something like that. and. Amy Schumer is like, was a big advocate of FOSTA and SESTA and like was in a couple of commercials about it and like, yeah, advocating for it. So when Brene Brown posted this, I totally commented on her Instagram and said something like, Amy Schumer is swerfy, which is sex worker exclusionary feminism and full of crap and fuck her. And then Brene Brown blocked me. What? Yeah. Oh my gosh. For those of you who don't know, Brene Brown is a researcher on vulnerability and uh, shame. And all the great things. Yeah. She's generally wonderful. My God. But I was shocked. I was like, you're supporting Amy Schumer. You're supporting this woman who is, like, intentionally working against me. I... I'm just, like, mind-fucked right now. Like, I'm pissed that I didn't know this. About Amy Schumer? Yes. It was surprising. I I was surprised, just in general. I when it, when it first started and when it first came up and me and my roommate were talking about it, I was like, that's not going to pass. That's right. not going to pass. I totally blew it off and was like, that is definitely not even... I was like, that's not going to get past committee. And it not only got past committee, it made it to the floor and was voted on and passed. I was so sure that definitely they would see right through it and see that it was a pile of crap and not pass it. But like you said, it looks bad from a political standpoint to be like, nah, I'm not for stopping sex trafficking because no one reads the fine print. Right. Pretty much. It was, I was really surprised Yeah. because I, I don't know. I'm always surprised when people have those kinds of oppressive ideas about helping people. Yeah. What you're doing isn't actually helpful, though, at all. Mm. So. What do you think about celebrities using their platforms in general? I mean, I can't argue with it because I think that I would do the same. And, And then I think about celebrities like Emma Goldman. Is that her name? I don't know. Emma, no, Emma Watson. Emma Watson, who has done awesome work as a celebrity, has done wonderful volunteer work, and I am very supportive of her. So, yes, I think that they can and should use their voices for things. They can and should use their voices for things, but I don't think that using their voices for oppressive ideas is a good thing. Right. That's, That's the part that sucks. Can use your voice, but we can't tell you how to use it, so it's all fucking gamble. Right. But it tells you a lot about that person, and it gives their fans a choice to make a more educated decision about whether the fuck they like them or not. Yeah. 
That's a, a shitty bonus, but a bonus. Oh, I didn't know that. Also, Disney supported Sesta. I want to say I'm surprised, but keep, we, I keep going back in my mind to like, well, it looks good. And a lot of these companies or people just want to look good. And they don't pay attention or they don't know sex workers. Or they don't. They just don't get it. Right. And, and the name of the bill even says it's called Stop Sex Trafficking, basically. Right. It's brilliant. So, yeah. It's true. Also, other effects of it, um, Reddit had to ban multiple subreddits, including our escorts, our male escorts, our hookers, our sugar daddies, um, also our sex workers. A lot of that has been going down. I'm a little bit surprised that Seeking Arrangement has had no word about it, as far as I know, and has not been affected by it. Have they said anything that you know about? The summit that I spoke at was, I think, days? After it came, the bill was passed, I want to say. Don't quote me. It was very, very close to the time the bill was passed. And one of the people, because we met in March um, as the panel to, like, talk about stuff and, like, logistics and whatnot and prep what we were going to say. And then the actual event was the next month. And I met and, like, loved this this woman um, who was there. And she was on the Cultivating Confidence and Sexuality panel with me. And she ended up not being able to be part of it because she was, her title was former sex worker. And And for that reason, I want to say they seeking arrangement and her mutually decided that it was not anyone's interest to have her as a part of the summit. And and seeking arrangement did at least to us. I mean, they would have anyway, but they, you, you could tell that they took an extra step to tell us, to be extra fucking careful around how we talked about the the stuff. Because there were lots of news people there. And they were going to try and trick us into saying, you know, I fucked for money or whatever. So right. they really, like, drilled at home. They had, you know, whole PR teams telling us what we could or couldn't say. And it was extra sensitive simply because of this bill that passed. And, of course, they don't want to be a part of that shit. So. Right. That makes sense. And it's not sex work. I mean, it's... Maybe a gray area, but it's not. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I kind of, I think that my sugar baby work no is not sex work. It's not sex work. It's not. It's, it's not at all. It's definitely it, not well, sex work. As someone who is a sex worker, it's probably a lot more similar. But I would say the general population that is not the intention, and they very much care that it's different. That makes sense. Okay. Both. Yeah. Like that makes engagement. Sense. Most of the sugar daddies are very much aware and capable of finding a sex worker. And there is a reason they go to this instead. I have difficulty. And again, I know I've said this, that, like it's kind of a hazard of my personal occupation that it's hard for me because sometimes it looks to me like sugar daddies are looking for a cheap prostitute or a cheap hooker yeah. because I don't say prostitute. Yeah. Like, and, and I think that they're delusional, but I mean, I always, I always go back to it's a dating site. It's just as fucked up as every other dating site in a lot of ways. That is super true. Cannot just in a different way. <laughs> yeah, different yeah. kind of fucked upness. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I mean, on one hand, it's a hard. I'm not a sex worker, but I think about it sometimes. I'm like, well, if I hang out with you this often, and you potentially don't give me anything, or you give me something. And I can't, even as a therapist getting paid hourly, I still can't help but break it down to hourly rates, even as a therapist. And I'm like, yeah, I'm investing time, whether or not you're, I'm being paid for time. I still think of things in that way. 
I, yeah, I think that too. So you're like, yeah. I'll give you $300 to hang out with me. I'm like, for more than t- half an hour, then no. So you, that's when you have to, your mindset is what has to change. Are you enjoying this? Like, I can tell you if I'm getting, if I'm going to, you know, not like fake situation, if I'm getting paid $500 and the person's kind of annoying and the sex is kind of bad, but the $500 is for an hour. Okay, cool. If I'm getting paid $200 and it's five hours, but I really like the person, the sex is good. It is hanging out. That's cool too. Like you really have to look at the whole thing. That and and that is very very much what it has become for me. If it's not somebody whom I am thrilled about hanging out with, I I don't really want to accept very much less than my regular hourly rate. Mm-hmm. If it's somebody whom I genuinely am having a good time with, okay, I'll have much more leniency. Well, then the money is just like fun free extra money. It's not like you're yeah. doing any work. It's just like oh. You want to slide me some money? Cool. That's fun. Oh, my God. Somebody sent me an email on Essay Today and offered me $2,500 a day to hang out with him for six days. What? He was like, I'm going to be in town in Las Vegas playing poker. I want somebody to hang out with me for six days. Would you hang out with me for $2,500 a day? Which is actually less than my overnight hourly rate my overnight hourly rate or my not hourly rate my overnight cost right. is 3500 right but for six days i will do it yeah when does that start um it's he said next monday but i haven't heard back from him yet so i'm a little bit who knows yeah you don't get your hopes uh, up yeah oh my god also this guy wants to be my cuckold ah Okay. Which, which I am excited? super excited about. Cool. Um, for those of you who don't know, cuckolding is when the woman is sexually promiscuous and the guy is faithful um, and frequently is not allowed to have sex at all. Yeah. And yeah. to hear about all the other guys that I fuck. Yes. This is my favorite. Oh, I'm so happy for you. Yeah. So I'm so jealous. I, but... I have gotten that kind of dude on SA before and it never actually pans out. Yeah, no, it's hard on. It's they hard. like drop the ball. They leave. Mm-hmm. They, they Something happens and they stop responding or something like that. So we'll see. He and I have been talking for two days. We'll see if it happens. Well, fun stuff. I will think about you and wish you, wish it into existence for you. Yeah, thank you. I hope it happens. I would I would be not really mad about having an extra 15k. What are some more positive like things that are happening in the media with sex? Actually, no, not positive. What are just some other things that are happening? Some other portrayals that we think about. Well, I I do think that um portrayals of sex in the media in general are broadening. Like do you remember uh when Grey's Anatomy showed the first two girls kissing on TV and what a big deal that was. No, I mean, yes, but but no, Yeah, they were Grey's Anatomy. If I'm not mistaken, was the first TV show to portray two women kissing romantically on TV. So I just like recently got onto the Grey's Anatomy train. So I'm like on season six. So I'm like super out of touch, but, getting there 
for a show that's not super sex positive, that is pretty cool. Hey everybody, this is Gentry just jumping in like I do, and the first thing I have to bring you in this episode is a special thank you to our newest Patreon supporter. I want to give a huge sexy shout out to my good friend Paris for her support on Patreon. We appreciate you so much, and if you would like to support us, check out patreon.com slash shrink. There you go. Thank you, Paris. And those on-air shout-outs are only one of the ways that we're going to be showing our gratitude to our Patreon supporters. Starting tonight, launching concurrently with this episode, we're also offering a series of pornographic movie reviews done by myself as 15-20 to 20 minute mini-episodes. But those are only going to be available through our Patreon website. Or if you prefer supporting us in a way that won't cost you a dime, you can go on iTunes to rate and review us. And really anything that you have to say about the show is going to help us raise our exposure and bring in a larger audience. But now, back to Sasha and Colby. So um, we were talking about Grey's Anatomy being like uh, one of the first women kissing? Is that? Yeah, I think it was the first portrayal of women kissing on TV in a romantic way. And that was quite a few years ago. And since then, that has become more acceptable. Interesting. So, I, the, like, oh my gosh, it was almost, it was 10 years ago. It was in 2008. All right, that makes sense. A lot of people, like, when I talk about, I guess, sex therapy, people think of that movie, fuck, what's it called? The Sessions? Do you know that what's movie? What's that? The sessions. I didn't know it until people just like berated me with that reference so often. And I was like, stop it. I don't want to hear about it. So I looked it up. It's the sessions, 2012. It's a man in iron lung who wishes to lose his virginity. He contacts a professional sex surrogate, neither worker. Well, I guess it is a form of sex work, but it's not a therapist. Uh, but with the help of his therapist and his priest, he actually hooks up with this sex surrogate and loses his virginity. And I haven't actually seen the movie, which is, I should, it's on my list of things to watch, but that's He's a sex. in an iron article. lung? Yeah. What year is it set in? That's a great question. Because, um, like, that's not a thing anymore. Oh, I know. Yeah. Wikipedia is always correct, right? It's yeah. a U.S. independent drama film. Oh, oh, interesting. He's paralyzed from the neck down due to polio, which is why he's in an iron lung. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know. It must have been set. In polio times, because that ma- that would make sense for me. Like the the most recent or more common current show that references sex surrogacy specifically is Masters of Sex, and that I feel more okay with because even though it is, I think it's Showtime. It's either Showtime or HBO. It's obviously supposed to be dramatic and entertaining, so it's not a hundred percent true, but there are a lot of accurate parts of it, which is cool. Um, Masters and Sex. Virginia Johnson and William Masters were actually two big pioneers in sex, in sex therapy, in sex research. I mean, they did more of the research end of it because he was a OBGYN and she originally was not really any kind of degree, but became a researcher. You know, women in education was much different back in the day. Yeah. Um, and so they pioneered a lot of like really important research about desire um arousal and like what orgasm and plateau and like all those important things about the sex cycle so what did they say about desire so that's a lot i can i will i will post a blog with diagrams about the different 
views on desire and arousal and the cycle of all that. Because actually, they their view was not was not currently used because people came after them and thought of better things that they didn't get to. So Rosemary Bassan is actually like the most useful cycle of desire. So she talks about how arousal can happen after desire and there are other factors that play into it. And it's not a linear approach. Whereas Masters and Johnson was like, oh, desire, you have sex, you plateau, you orgasm, you plateau. That's the end. Oh. So Bassan has a more inclusive view, more circular view of desire. I like inclusion. Yes. I'm a visual person. So that is like my thing. It actually took me a while to get into podcasts for that reason. But here we are. Now I listen to other people's podcasts because that would be rude to have a podcast and not listen to anyone else's. That's true. So the movies and shit are my thing. I made a whole list of like all the sex in the media, that kind of media, like TV movie media that I had seen or heard of or had thoughts about. And I'll just like throw out the list. We're not going to talk about all of them, but the session was a big one. That's an older one. Netflix has two that bring up either sex work or sex therapy. Netflix has Easy and Gypsy. Has Gypsy and what? Easy is one, and Gypsy is another one. Gypsy, I watched while I was dog-sitting at this really lovely house. I binged the whole thing. And it was a shady fucking therapist crossing mad boundaries. And I was just like, wow, of course. Because it started off well. And I'm like, oh, great, a cool therapy portrayal. And then it goes south. Like, there's never just like a regular old therapy therapist in a show. It's always fucking crazy. Have you seen Billions? No. So it's, I have only seen part of it, but it's a TV show with Paul Giamatti and he plays an asshole lawyer who is just an incredible asshole. And he is married to a woman who is a psychiatrist and she works for this big company and is kind of the company shrink. So she counsels like all of the higher ups about their stress and blah, blah, blah. And when she and her lawyer husband go home, she is an incredible dominatrix. Yes. And she like puts cigarettes out on him and steps on his balls and does all kinds of crazy things. And it's a really kind of interesting cross. It's not sex work because she's doing it with her husband. Right. But it's an interesting cross between this idea that you have of this like very straight and narrow, very sort of not outside the box kind of woman who is just really powerful and sensible. And then she goes home and tortures her husband while wearing right. leather and, you know, whipping him around. It's even when shows don't like ruin a reputation of a therapist or psychiatrist they're often just boring so that's lovely to hear. yeah it's really good you know who it is no i don't i don't know who it is she's hot well that's all that matters isn't it though isn't it i would let her dom me yeah there's some women that i'm like okay i'll stop being a dom you can do it you can do it it's interesting how that works switches are up here you know people that can really switch well it, it acknowledges that people are we interact based on who we're with, even when it's not on purpose. Like, that's just part of life. I mean, sometimes it's code switching, but other times it's just we adapt. Right. And certain personalities bring out certain parts of us and vice versa. And that's totally normal. Yeah, I agree. Because I've had so many people, especially in the poly world, like, oh, you act really different with that partner than I didn't do with me with this person. And I'm like, maybe. 
but it's all me. Not yeah, you like my personality? I made this one just for you. <laughs> did you see that I posted that today? I did. I yeah. love that. I love it too. It's I love that it's like old timey. So have you watched any other shows or movies or other portrayals of sex work or even sex therapy that you think is <sighs> Oh, I saw a documentary a while ago about sex workers, about hookers specifically. And it was kind of interesting. One of the, now I can't remember, I think it was maybe called My Life as a Sex Worker. One of the women on it talked about how she's a sex worker and she's really proud of it and she loves it and she loves her husband and her husband is the best and she would never leave her job. And anyone who ever wanted to make her leave her job must not love her. Amen. Yeah. There are quite a few Netflix documentaries about sex work of some sort, or porn, at least. Yeah, this one was mostly about hookers. It's always a learning moment. Everything's a learning moment. Teaching moment. Yeah. Or both. Remember when I was texting you about the girlfriend experience? Did you ever look into that? I think I was like, as I was watching it, I was like, Sasha, the the woman hires a sex worker. Can you believe it? And it was like a lot of different stereotypes of John's. Wasn't like oh, I remember you telling me about it, and I was like, oh, it's on, it's on stars, so no, no wonder it's a high end. So is she really the girlfriend experience? Uh, yeah, yeah, I would say so. Is it fiction? Yeah, it is. It starts. I mean, but but there's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff to it. It's not like too. I mean, it is dramatic in the sense that like she goes from like college student who's like not interested in sex work to like. High-end escort. And then her life kind of falls apart. And I'm like, okay, that doesn't have to happen. But she's, like, pretty oh, open okay. about it with her parents. And then her parents, like, are first at first kind of accepting. But then they're like, where did we go wrong? And then it just... But she does drop out of school. Like, she does make bad choices. So it's very much a show. That's a bummer. But there were some good... Some, definitely some good parts. Um, That's there's two a bummer seasons. that they make it seem that way. Why isn't there, like, a portrayal of her, like... Putting herself through college with her sex work. Because that is actually extremely common. I know quite a few sex workers. One of which, who's in a doctorate program. Mm -hmm. And she manages to pay for going to school, as well as her Porsche Carrera. Oh, God. I mean, she's a very, very, very high-end worker. She charges $900 an hour. (laughs) You make a million dollars an hour, right? I wish. I mean, I wish Mm -hmm. I made as much money as some people seem to think that I make. I work on average six days a month. Even even therapy, like I charge eighty to one hundred dollars an hour, which is not that much. But like, I don't. I I see maybe like ten percent of that at the end of the day. Like, I pay so much just to be here for you. People, I get really upset when people are like, "Wow, your your fee is high." Like on groups, I've seen stuff that has said. You have to take out a second mortgage to see so-and-so at their rate. And I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. Like, we don't want to charge you all this money. We're just trying to live as well. If I could see everyone for free, I'd fucking do it. Like, if I had a trust fund, I wouldn't charge anything. Or maybe, like, $10. No. Even if I had a trust fund, I still would not fuck people whom I don't want to fuck. Even if you had a zillion trillion dollars, I would not encourage you to be a therapist for free. There is an important part about paying for things and putting yeah. forth the effort. I wouldn't charge, I wouldn't do free, but there is something to the give and take. But like, it is a problem. Like, access to real, like, mental health care is a fucking problem. And I would 
be happy to charge is. less, but I can't. Um, and this right. is the time of year where I'm raising fees and I, it sucks. Like I don't enjoy it, but I do know that I'm worth it. And, but like also who the fuck am I, you know, who are, who yeah. are any of us? I wanted to say some more stuff about how awful people think of. I, I honestly have more empathy for people who ask me dumb shit about being a sex therapist after seeing some shows that like further the stupidity of what they ask. Like the, oh, so do you like fuck clients? Do you like fix, do you like tell them how to fuck? Do you like watch couples have sex and like fix? And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like I'm always amazed. Like meet the fuckers where Greg's mom calls herself a sex therapist and she's like working with older adults and she's doing like more like yoga and like teaching them like Kama Sutra type of shit. But she calls herself a sex therapist. And I'm like, right. okay, that's fair. Like she's cool and all, but like that's maybe, I don't know, sex coaching, which is a thing, but like not the same thing. And then people uh, who. I mean, I know somebody who went to a sex coach and apparently it really worked. It was a great idea. Yeah. I mean, that's cool. I believe that. Coaching in general, I just feel like a little weird about because technically there's no regulations. There's no requirements for education. There's just absolutely anyone could be a fucking coach. So there a are fucking great, coach. There are great. There are some good sex coaches. And we I've met one at least. Um, just, I don't know, more of a risk. And yeah. I oftentimes my personal bias or stigma around it is that people – I find people often seek coaches as a way of avoiding like deeper issues. They want to come and get some advice. They don't want to look yeah. at themselves. They don't want to like dig into their shit. They just want like, okay, here's my problem. How do I fix it? I know that that must be a huge issue for you because I know multiple people who have said things like, oh, I'm going to go see a therapist and they're going to fix it. I'm like, I don't really know what you think a therapist does, but in my yeah. therapy sessions, I'm the one who's doing the work. Yeah. I'll push you to do the work, but you're going to do the work. I right. Fix if I do, that's not really fixed. <laughs> also, that would not be a good life strategy for someone to need to come to you every time they need a problem fixed. That wouldn't, that's not a good strategy. That's Teach a man how to fish and right. he'll eat forever. Yeah. Fish for him. What's that saying? <laughs> Something like that. All that shit. It's fucking horrible. And that, and then other shows just portray therapists as like fucked up people. Which, in some ways, I'm, like, okay with because the other side of that spectrum is that, oh, therapists are godly beings. We have no problems. We're only here for you. So that's not great either. But often shows are, like, therapist is, like, absent-minded in session that's portrayed in the show. That's, like, the most frustrating thing that I see. Almost in every show that has any kind of therapist, they're often, like, blank-faced or they will, like, Pan to them doodling while their client talks or my therapist uh, never does that no one does that that's the literally point. ever like they'll just be doing dumb shit like that's not real life or there will be like five tables in between them and the client and i'm like no or they'll be laying on the couch like nobody lays down or if they do it's not every client i don't know that's not real life people sit right yeah. You take your shoes off. I actually like that when clients take their shoes off. I always take my shoes off when I go see my therapist. And I, when I, when I first started seeing her, I was like, is it okay if I take my shoes off? Yeah. It is. Mostly, like, I do it mostly just because I'm, like, a weird sitter. I like to sit on things that aren't seats. So if I had to sit on your damn couch, like, I'm going to get weird. Like, yeah. I agree. 
So I'm probably going to cross my legs and yeah. do other things. Yeah. Lindsay has all these weird pillows. Well, everyone has pillows. I have weird pillows right now. But like, I never like the pillows. I'm always like, how do I get in there? Like, how do I, how do how I, I get sit with in the pillow? There? So sex in the media, it's a really broad fucking topic. We went for some real shit and some less real, but equally notable shit. You want to hear just like our list of shows that represent bad and good sex therapy and sex work. There's Netflix Easy, Gypsy, Showtime's Masters of Sex, HBO In Treatment, Stars, The Girlfriend Experience, Private Practice, which I don't know. I think you can watch it on Netflix. The Sessions is that movie with the sex surrogate and the Iron Lung, Meet the Fockers, and then Unicorn Land on Vimeo. It's a web series only. I meant to mention that in the poly episode because it's more about that but still portrayal of sex so check them all out and let us know what you think and find us on social media you can find our facebook a hooker and a shrink you can find our instagram a hooker and a shrink you can find our twitter hooker and shrink and of course you can visit our lovely lovely website a hooker and a shrink.com and don't forget to visit our Patreon and check out all those delightfully tasty rewards for when you give us money. Intro and outro music is Frank Crummett perform- performing So Long Oolong. Thank you for listening. Be sure to tune in for our next episode, which will either be on sugar stuff or sex positive parenting. We'll see. <laughs> My toes really do look like I rubbed gum on my nails. <laughs>